The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at SeatGeek, the best and easiest to use ticket platform out there. They take the confusion out of buying tickets using a 0 to 10 scoring system and a green is good, red is bad color rating system so you and your loved ones get the best deal possible. So whether it's going to see our beloved Red Legs at Great American Ballpark, the Bengals over at Paycor, FC Cincinnati, one of the area college teams, or pretty much anything in between, use promo code RIVERFRONT at checkout and receive $20 off your first order. Click the link in the show notes to download the app and get started. That's Riverfront, one word, for 20 bucks off. Welcome to season four of Late Night Reds. Yes, indeed. Season four. Now Incredible. We've, we've we've come from different places. We've had different people come and go through the door, but we're here for our fourth season covering the Reds, year two, with our lovely friends at the Riverfront, which hey, you also can become a member of the Riverfront by going to patreon.com slash riverfront since if you are checking us out for the first time. You know, maybe you want a new red show to check out during the season. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button on YouTube where you can get three shows every week. Well, one of them's every other week, but you catch what I'm saying. Um, I'm here with Ben Brown, like I said. And Ben, we're here. It is the the boys are in good we year. Are here. Um, everyone yes. I like anytime I see a clip of uh, an Instagram where someone's taking batting practice, I just I, I watch it because I love hearing that crack of the bat, and I'm like Ah, yeah, there were um, people were reposting clips, of course, of like, you know, pitchers and catchers and just playing toss and, and, you know, hearing that freaking ball hit that mitt. And you're just like, dude, like, it's just the sound that you've missed. Like, it's it's I doubt. it's like that warm blanket you just put over your shoulder when you're I mean, it's just you just get that feeling of man, like I can smell like being in that stadium and, and like the red, like it's just it's just a just a heartwarming feeling when pitchers and catchers report. And now, of course, all position players have reported now, and it's 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 awesome. And Saturday for spring training game, yeah. So yep, we'll be we're yep. here next Crazy. Sunday. We'll we'll have a spring training game to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to get to on this week's episode. We have a lot of fun topics. Um, mm-hmm. So. I did want to say here um, real quick, want to make sure we gave some love, of course. Uh, ben, last night we had, we were hanging out last night, actually. We had your yes, wife's we 
fortieth birthday party. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm per- yeah. I apologize. I think my daughter tried to take over and steal the show. Um, Dude, she was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Iris is amazing. She is so cool. She's such a good baby. Like she, she didn't really cry. She didn't complain. Like she was awesome. I mean, she was a trooper. She was awesome. Yeah, she slept a lot. It was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was I mean, she had she had plastic bottles, she had her bottle, she was walking, <laughs> she was crawling. It, it was awesome. Good it times. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, real quick, do want to make one quick mention. I know Chad and Bill talked about it on their show on Friday. Um, but obviously the news came out that uh former Reds pitcher and former Reds pitching coach Don Gullett passed away. Um yeah. so I want to make sure we gave some love and support there. Obviously with how young I am, I remember him most as a pitching coach, though I knew about his time pitching for the Reds. I knew about when he went to the Yankees, won four mm-hmm. straight World Series between the Reds and the Yankees. Um, so obviously has a great legacy. Um, yes, he did. Yeah, a guy that a lot of people kind of look at as a Hall of Famer, barring injury. Um, and obviously injuries got the best of him, but um, wanted to make sure we gave mm-hmm. some love and support there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, condolences to his family. Uh, he was a big part of the Reds family as a player and a coach. And, um, you know, hopefully um, people understand how much he meant to the legacy of the Reds and, and how big of a party was for all of that, not only just as a player, but also as a as a pitching coach. So uh, condolences to his family and and uh, to, to Reds Nation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Ronnie Snyder's already asked – he asked uh, – What's the latest, guys? Please tell me that they are healthy. I think so far the only reports we've heard are mm-hmm. Nick Lodolo still rehabbing, and then uh, I think Luelvi Marte from his injury in the Dominican League, his hamstring injury, they're going to have him sit out the first five Cactus League games. But other than that, it sounds like everything's clean bill of health. Um, yeah. So that's where we're going there. Pat Magooch is stopping by to say hi. Hello, friend. What's up? What's up, friend of the show? Friend of the show. How are you, Pat Magooch? Happy to see you. So sounds like we got a basically, <laughs> excuse me, a clean bill of health. Um, let's start talking about a couple of things here. So I want to get to this real fast because as I get a frog in my throat as we're talking, <laughs> oh my goodness, that was like it's, it's spring training, Tim. Get it I, together. Let's go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Holy moly, this is. Hey guys. All this, right. this reality you know what i'm saying yeah this is, reality, this is reality this is live podcasting right here oh my god it won't go away <laughs> uh so yeah so we're gonna talk about uh the start of spring training we've got some great topics as tim gets his uh yeah his throat okay cleared out where, you know, all right i think we're clear. We good all right here we go the gatorade went down the wrong pipe right before we go on there i was telling ben about this new gatorade flavor that i'm really enjoying and of course now it's like gonna kill me um, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and uh what get here real quick so obviously every year during spring training and batting practice for some reason there are two different hats nowadays mm-hmm. okay um yeah, I, yeah. So this year they unveiled the two new ones. Left side, if you're watching on YouTube, is the batting practice hat. Right side, spring training, where it has the patch and represents the league they play in every year. So here's what really kind of jumped out to me about these. Uh, The right one basically just looks like your normal um, on the field, 5950, of course, Mm -hmm. which both of these use the – this is my old lids days talking here. Yeah. So uh, use the diamond technology, which is more like Nike dry fit for the head. Um, Why Major League Baseball just hasn't switched to these for all their hats? I don't know, considering they play in the summer with wool hats on. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, but uh, left side here. So we've got the batting practice hat. It's got like a really interesting piping there and no drop shadow on the logo, which I thought was fascinating. Um, and then on the right side, of course, we've got your typical one with the thing with the, the logo on the side. I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. I love the no drop shadow, but I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't like how this hat looks at all. I do not think it'll be added to my collection. Yeah, it, it's, um, I, I think it's, it's almost cause I feel like they were trying too hard to be different. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's not like, it's just, and yeah, it's, 
I don't know. It's just got a weird look. It gives me like weird White Sox, old '80s White Sox vibes. Like I'm not. Yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it at all. Yeah, especially it feels like this is the week that you're starting to see um, all the scrutiny with the uniforms because all the baseball mm-hmm. are complaining about oh, the Nike, Nike uniform. All oh, dude. Yeah. yeah which was, yeah. The the lettering does look very stupid on the yeah. oh, like it does look very bad. Uh, Pat says Manfred wants the players to look like they're playing in a slow pitch softball league. <laughs> it uh, does. Yep. We gotta get some, we gotta get like uh can the Red Zen be sponsored by Hootiful? Right. Yeah. That'd be it. Uh no Ron, Ronnie says it's friggin' ugly. Uh to be honest. <laughs> Man. I yeah, don't hold like back, guys, don't hold back. Let us know. Right. I love that it, it, I love the logo. I love the logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't like some of the other things. I don't and, I'm with you. I don't like the piping. I like like yeah. if it were just white brim logo, red and red, red back, red bill, I'm okay. There's just something about that piping that just makes it look like, like it, like I, you know, I think Pat Magooch said like beer league softballish. Like it yeah. just doesn't look. It just looks weird. It does. Um, if you remember when the All Star game was here, they had a hat pretty similar to this. I actually mm-hmm. really like that hat. Every team had or had the stripes of, uh, behind the logo. I have the Reds yeah. one somewhere in my house. I don't know. I've got so many damn hats, uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we, I wanted to touch on these because I, I'm not in love with them this year. Um, they kind of stink. So yeah. we'll go on to our next topic here. And Ben, let's talk about some stuff going on in the spring trainings that we're reading about. Yeah. All right. There's been some convos coming up about 100. First off, Hunter Green grew a beard. Yeah, I did notice that. Um. Whoa. Yeah. You know? Sign of maturity. Yeah. Sign of maturity. Yeah. A little d- bit of growth. Yeah. So he's got a beard thing going now. Um, I like it. Way to go, HG. And then mm-hmm. uh, reports coming out that Derek Johnson said he's been working on a curveball and a splitter as a way to change speeds and slow hitters down. Mm. And I just want to touch on this real quick because we know about the fastball slider combo. It's his mm-hmm. bread and butter. Mm-hmm. You throw a little something, something in there, and like I'm not comparing the talent, the players here. Um, but do you remember when Aroldis Chapman all of a sudden broke out a splitter, and we were like, yeah. and we were like, huh? Yeah. Uh, that, and that's what I, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that I'm saying. Like, like when you're a fastball pitcher and you can mix in a splitter because it looked coming out of the hand, it looks exactly the same, and that mm-hmm. thing freaking dies. Like, you're gonna you're gonna give people fits if you can control it. Now that's the big part. If you can control it and it can be a consistent pitch for you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's and that's what makes fastball pitchers really good, right? Like they can they can change speeds. They got a splitter. They got a cutter. Um, they got a curveball. Like that's what makes good fastball pitchers dangerous. And Hunter Green is a really good fastball pitcher. But you give him a controllable split finger fastball, um, and a curve. I mean, yeah, that's you're you're making him you're making him really dangerous. For sure. I think that that's a really cool thing. I don't know how soon he'll be comfortable enough to use it in game action. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the beauty in spring training is that he can test it out. Um, yeah, Ronnie says right here, if Hunter gets one more pitch, he could become a perennial all-star. I, I agree. Um, Absolutely. If he goes out there and throws 102 and then hits you with a 90-mile-an-hour slider and then drops a curveball on you, yeah. then, yeah, or a splitter, then yeah. holy moly, like... That's incredible. Um, I know MLB the show always gives him like four or five pitches when you use them in mm-hmm. games, and you're like, What? <laughs> you guys just really need to fill he, up space on the file, didn't you? He don't have those. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um a Roldis. They used to be like four seam fastball, two seam fastball. Like, what did a Roldis right. have and ever saw a two seam fastball? Like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a um, you know, the the good thing about this is is that if he's been working on it, you know, he's been working on it since like December, you know what I mean? So like in all of his workouts, all the things that he's been doing in the off season, um, I'm sure it's something that he has, has been able to work on. I'm sure it's something that he's trying to develop. Um, and, and like you said, getting spring training games where you're not worried about getting hit, where you're not worried about throwing a, a control, a pitch that's not in control, where you're trying to get work, that's when you want to try to develop that as well. So if he is developing that pitch, that third money pitch, and that's the, I mean, you know that, Tim, that 
that makes the difference from you being a really decent pitcher to being that all-star level opening day caliber type pitcher. I always said if I was like blessed enough to be able to throw like 103, I would make an, I would just learn how to throw a knuckleball for a second pitch. <laughs> Dude, that would be insane. That's like my road to snow guy every year. Yeah. Like, 103 mile power fastball, and then it's come around with a knuckle, a knuckle curve. Oh my like, God. Be like a Rolls Chab and an R.A. Dickey in one. Like, right. Oh, insane. <laughs> insane. Yeah. Nick says, I'll believe in green being the ace to keep Tondas when I see it. That's fair. No, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, four, six, two year, through two years is not something people are going to uh, be super excited about. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's had these glimpses. He's had these he's, he's like lengths of time where he's been very, very good. Um, but, yeah, I think that this could, this is a big year for him. I'm happy he's the guy that they locked up long term. So mm-hmm. they kind of have him here because you, you got to bet on the talent. And yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Um, Frankie Montas has come up quite a bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. was the, the big signing this offseason. And um, I really liked what he said about when they were talking about the projections, when people were like, you know, the Reds are only going to win 75 games. They're not going to be very, very good, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, how are we? He's like, we're going to win more than 75. He said, I'm going to win 20 by myself. Yeah. He's, yeah. Love yeah. it. I love, love it. it, too. Yeah. And, and I know we talked about this, you know, with losing veterans and not having a whole lot of guys that have experience in your locker room. But Montas is a guy that's got great experience and he brings that winning mentality. And on top of that, he wanted to be here. Yeah. He wanted to be here. So for him to come in and say, yeah, I'm get, I'm going to get 20. And, and, you know, that makes you feel that much better going into your rotation and figuring out who your guys are going to be, that he has that much confidence in the guys that are around him, um, that he chose to be here and is saying that he can get 20 wins on his own, which is amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that uh, that's it's the kind of guy you want. And Derek Johnson, that same thing about Hunter earlier, kind of said also that uh, – his leadership and consistency is standing out. He's cutting it up pretty good in the mound. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've had a chance to read about what's going on in spring training, but it seems like, and of course, look, we take in preference as we say this, mm-hmm. that we understand it's spring training. And these guys are throwing, not really, to, like they're throwing on a mound, but they're throwing, they're not, you know, and they're throwing BP occasionally. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, like everyone's really excited about how Frankie Montas is throwing. Um, everyone's talking about Rhett Louder. Just talking about how he's just cutting it. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first round pick last year out of Wake Forest. Um, a guy a lot of people were kind of saying, like, they wouldn't be shocked if he started this season in double A. I think yeah. that's asinine. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, you, uh, no, and it's not a dig on yeah. Rhett Louder. No, no, no. no, like, no. Do people understand how good you have to be to start your career in double A? I mean, yeah. like, when Mike yeah. Leak did in 2010, that doesn't happen. That's no. not a thing. No, that if you start your you start your career in double A, like that is it's it's a um, it's an anomaly. I'll say that it's an anomaly. It doesn't happen very often. So you know, for that to happen, I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, and so uh, it seems like those guys, everyone's really excited about them. Um, Brent Suter seems to be as mm-hmm. exciting as uh, we thought he was going to be when they signed him. Mm-hmm. You know, not too long ago. Absolutely. So. Dude, you know, and it's maybe we just missed it so much that we're like just reading the clippings. Like, oh no, dude! I listen. It's been I, everything that pops up like through the athletic, which the athletics one of my favorites. But uh, like anything Shout that pops up through the yeah, pops up through the athletic, um, Bleacher Report. Like, dude, anything that pops up on my phone, I'm reading. It, I'm trying to stay like because it's because one, yeah, of course, yeah, we did miss it. But our team is exciting. Like. Yeah. Like our team is really exciting with the young talent that we have and, and the the moves that we made and the pitchers we brought in. Um, yes, he did go to Muller. Um, is that going to be our new um, Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> yep. No, he's from Middletown. You know he's from Middletown. Yeah. <laughs> but like we 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 as Reds fans are excited about what we have. Yeah. I mean it's it's been a while where we can look at a at a season going into a season. Um, and say, you know what? We got a shot to win the Central. We've got a shot to play for a World Series. We got a shot to do some amazing things because we have a lot of young talent that has already shown 
that they are not afraid of the big boys. They'll go out and play against anybody. So, so when we are excited about the stuff that we're seeing and that we're reading and that, you know, guys are, 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 you know, doing well in their, in their uh, pitching stints and doing well in their hitting stints. Like they were showing, they showed clips of Hunter Green throwing live BP to uh, Indian Friedel. Yeah. And freaking Friedel took him yard. I'm like, like, dude, that's dope. Like, like I wish they'd show more of that stuff. You know what I mean? Because you get excited about that stuff, seeing those guys go against each other and battle against each other. Like, I think that's the the big thing is that we are excited about our team because we know what we have. You said something about Frito. I have to find this real quick. Brandon Kamick shared this in the Patreon Slack a couple days ago. Um, and it was just it was a Frito stat that kind of blew my mind. Here it is. TJ Frito had 556 plate appearances for the Reds last season and didn't ground in even one double play. Hold on. Say that again. 556 plate appearances not a not single double play a single double play whoa that's that's insane you know how hard that is <laughs> yeah yeah jeez geez, that's insane that's insane that's that's hard to do it is um so i did say this because i did want to touch this on this and i think that right now the general consensus is hunter green gets the ball on mm-hmm. day one. Um, but, you know, Frankie Montas being the veteran, the guy like that, the guy that, you know, is doing what he's doing, has been mm-hmm. around the block. Um, do you think there's, and I saw one of those, it might have been Charlie wrote the article that uh, they have, it's not a foregone conclusion that Hunter Green's going right. to be the opening starter. Uh, I can't confirm it was him or Gordon. Uh, mm-hmm. I choose to read Charlie over Gordon. Those know, many know that very well. Um, but, do you think that it's not Hunter Green on opening day? Also, let's just preface that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. there's 161 yeah. games, um, so. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, honestly, I, I, I do think it's a possibility. And the only reason why I say that is, and I'm, I'm going to give you for both points. My point for Montas is that he's a veteran. He's a guy that that is has you know has consistent stuff um, and, and he's, and he's done it for a longer time on that level. That's my, that's my point for him. Yeah. The Hunter green point is, is that he is, he is your young lion leader. Like he is the guy that we look to, to get us big wins. Now his consistent, like we already talked about his consistency hasn't been the way we've wanted it to, but gosh, the talent is just overwhelming. The yeah. talent is overwhelming. So whether you go with one or the other, I don't think you can make a mistake. Um, like you said, there's 161 more games after that. Um, and I don't care what you say. When you have a 1A and a 1B that we think we have, I, yeah. I'm I'm six one half dozen the other. Whether you go with Hunter Green, which I, I think Hunter Green not really has earned the right, but I think he is the guy that stands at the top of the line for the Reds as far as in that pitching rotation, the guy that that they look at as their leader. Um, but like I said, Montas also, too, has done it on on the big stage, on the big level, and he's pitched in big games. And I wouldn't be shocked if they went that way either. So either way, I don't think you can be wrong. Like you said, Tim, you bring up a great point. There's 161 more games we got to play. And we're, you know, they're going to see the have more appearances than this first opening day. So to me, it's it's either or. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and Pat says I want Greener Old Boy become an ace this season, thousand percent, thousand percent. I believe both those guys have that tendency. I you know, Lodolo obviously not pitching since May of last year has not really mm-hmm. had the ability to finish a major league season, um, but I do have a lot of high expectations for him. Um, Graham Ashcraft, obviously, I think we're all really high on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty deep rotation um mm-hmm. you look at a guy like nick martinez doing spot starts we've talked about brandon williamson what his role is going to be whether it's starter for the big league club triple a or kind of being that that guy goes back and forth like like nick martinez mm-hmm. um there is a there's a lot to look to and um yeah that both would be better yeah if, if hunter green and nick Lodolo, uh end up both being aces then i think the reds are going to be just fine for yeah we'll be good seven years I, and i think Lodolo is probably the guy on that roster that i'm 
he's that guy this year for me that I'm pulling for the most. Same. Because I, I really think that he has that ability to be that number one guy. Now, granted, you're on a on a staff with like Ashcraft and you're on a staff with Hunter Green, you're on a staff with Montas. And, and yeah, like you got a you got a staff full of dogs. Yeah. But I think Lodola, if he can get back to where what we saw those first glimpses the last season of how dominant he could be, if he can get there and stay there consistently and stay out of injuries ways, then I, I think he has that. I, I, I am rooting for him to have a great season this year. Yeah, me too. Um, Pat says, I would see if you can still hire Williamson. That's been talked about within the community. I don't know if they would be willing to do that because they seem to really like him. Um, that being Nick crawl in the front office, but I think that you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't see what his value could be. Not saying I want to get rid of him because mm-hmm. I do really like him. I think he certainly has value to this team. Um, but I think if they're smart and it's something where he is the sixth or seventh guy to get the ball, then maybe that's a conversation you have. Um, but mm-hmm. right now it's, you know, let's get through spring. Let's see how you look because he might, have like an incredible spring. So yeah. um yeah, there's another Nick says hope they can find a new home and a big trade for Phillips where he walks himself into the pen. And that's a conversation that's come up a lot too about Connor Phillips because it's like yeah. where does he fit? Um I love the idea of Connor Phillips. Um so this is a this is pretty fu- you know obviously pretty fun and there's a lot to look through. Like, you know, Rhett Louder is still caught up in the system. As we talked about, mm-hmm. Chase Petty is still caught up in the system, who a lot of people mm-hmm. are really high on, myself included. So there's a lot to get to. And I'm really excited that at least we have, what, we're 40 days away from opening day. So we have 40 days to figure this out together, what mm-hmm. this is going to look like. Um, I do want to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, please continue to send your comments, and we'll get to them as the show, as the show goes, obviously, as we always do. Um, but I want to talk about this because the Reds did sign another Cincinnati kid. Uh, old did. Josh Harrison came to town. Um, and Josh Harrison's a two-time all-star, which is awesome. But also as a guy who has kind of bounced around the league for a little while, didn't get a lot of playing time last year. Uh, he's played for you know Pittsburgh, played for Washington, played for Philadelphia. And finding himself in a situation where he signed to a, you know, he signed a non-roster invitee invite. I mean, uh, minor league deal invite spring training. Mm-hmm. And I really liked what he said to the media this week when he said like, look, this isn't new to me. I've gone through this. I've had to compete all the time. Obviously everyone's excited. Cincinnati kids signed with the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, lo- again, local Brett and local Josh do not sound as good as local Luke, but <laughs> we will make it work. We'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> and it sounds like he's kind of competing for that last roster spot with Stuart Fairchild and Jose Barrero. Mm-hmm. So each of these guys have their advantages, right? I was going to say, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And uh, I kind of, kind of curious your thoughts as well. So Fairchild mm-hmm. is obviously the outfielder, and that's a mm-hmm. thing this team really needs as far as that ability. Brero is an unbelievable athlete. It looks like a tight end. Um, yeah, and obviously has not clicked yet, but this raw power and yeah. uh, the ability to play center field where Fairchild obviously has the ability to play center field as well and is really is pretty fast. And then you have Josh Harrison who's who's done it, right? He's mm-hmm. he's been in the big leagues for a long time and um I think he has certainly has an uphill battle making this team, especially between those three. Not that those other two are setting the world on fire. Um but this is a really 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 interesting situation mm-hmm. where um it's a good situation if you're if you're front office. Um but yeah, I mean, Barrero's out of options. I think Fairchild's out of options. Josh Harrison's obviously past that point. Right. So um, this is going to be really fascinating to see how this shakes out. Because I can certainly see how all three guys can help the big league roster. Yeah, I, 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 it, yeah, I, it's so, it's just so, I don't know. Like, I, it's just, I like the fact that we brought him in. I do. I really do like the fact that we brought him in. Um, but we talk about veteran presence, right? I mean, we've talked about that before and needing veteran guys in, in our locker room, veteran guys, um, on the roster. Does he fit that? Does he fill that void as a guy that can come in and who, like you said, Tim, he's done it. He's a proven guy that's done it. 
he's a proven guy that's you know he's he's played at the highest level he's he's had success at the highest level do you take a chance on a guy like that or do you keep staying with the guys that have been in your system who are you know that have you know given everything they had to your system and are you know guys right on the cusp right like they're right on the cusp of making your roster i I don't know which way you lean. Like I, I tend to lean towards the veteran guy. Me too. Um, just because that he just gives you that. It's almost like security. You know what I mean? It's a guy that you know that you can rely on. And that's not a knock on Fairchild or Brer. It's not a knock on either one of them. Because I do think that they are both really good baseball players. But when you talk about a veteran leadership and a guy that can come in and and give you that presence, give you that. Um, He's had experience. He's he's played at the highest level. He can give you that day in and day out, and not even as a starter, but just being in the locker room, like yeah. just being there and giving you those those things. I I I tend to lean a little bit more that way than I do with those two young guys. I and I could be wrong. I could be a thousand percent wrong on it. He could come in and stink it up, and I could be you know. But I just tend to lean more with the veteran, and I and. In that instance, you have a guy like him in, in your locker room that that's done it and been there, and and you know, and that's not a knock on the other two. I'm not knocking the other two. I do like right. both of those, but I don't know if you get it. You got a guy like Josh Harrison who's done it. I think that that's you have to give him the opportunity to prove himself. Yeah. So looking last year, his year with the Phillies, he had he played. He only had 114 plate appearances. Um, did not have. I mean, the numbers are not good. Okay, right, right. 554. Uh, two homers, 10 RBI, uh, three walks, 20 strikeouts. Um, year before he bounced around between, well, 2022, he played for the White Sox. Decent year, 687 OPS. Um, so I think the thing about him is and he's 36. Yeah, he's 36. He'll be 37. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and here's the thing. So, so Ronnie says here, like, it's the best bench in the majors. What injuries take away, the bench will fix. I I agree with that. Yeah. And Pat says here, like, every all three guys offer something unique. So you're kind of picking your poison on who you choose mm-hmm. there. The other thing is, normally when you have this situation where it's a guy who's kind of like you have a couple guys battling for a roster spot, one guy you're kind of still learning about. We know who these three guys are at this point. Um, yeah. I think it's safe to say that. Jose Barrero is never going to click into the guy everyone thought he was going to be. And okay, yeah. that's disappointing. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to not be, like, enamored by his just raw ability to crush a baseball. It's mm-hmm. like you see all these, like, highlights from AAA Louisville last year when he got sent down. But there's also a reason he never got called back up. Yep. He never um, made it back up. And yep. Sir Fairchild, I think, is a guy who's just is what he is. Um I think the fact that he has had the ability to play three outfield positions gives him an advantage compared to the other two. Um, but I maybe I'm wrong too, but I kind of lean Josh Harrison if I had to pick one. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's the vet. It's the guy who can kind of not fill the role of what Joey filled. Did no, 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 Obviously, no, no not at all. But at the same right. point, have the guy who's been, the, who's been in the clubhouse. Who has been there? Been an all star. Yeah, he's been an all star. He was an MVP voting one he's year. An MVP. Yep, absolutely. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm really curious. He is. So I, I hope they all three have great springs. And they make it really difficult in the front office to make a decision. Um, so Ryan says here, what made the bigger machine was having all the homegrown players and adding a Joe Morgan. This team is following this path. Think about what they have now. Does that mean Jimer Candelario is Joe Morgan? In Joe this Morgan, set? right? in this uh, conversation, Ronnie, because um, I will say you're talking to the wrong. I mean, I am the Joe Morgan truth. I am the enthusiast of one Joe Morgan. Um, you know, I, I do the, when I oh, have yeah. a little ball bat in my hand, <laughs> come at me. Heck yeah, baby. <laughs> um, but I, I can't, um, I should never say that. No one's ever going to be Joe Morgan, but I think, uh, I think Candelaria has a, could technically, definitely be a guy. The kind of mm-hmm. the glue that fits into all this. Um, it's a guy we haven't really talked about a whole lot, and it seems like he's pretty excited. I feel like a t- like thirty six home runs for him if he's healthy yeah. is very likely. It's absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Again, maybe get a little overboard, but hey, we're here. Um, we can talk about it. 
All right, Ben. So I put this together today, and I was really having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, about some of the def- some of my favorite bets on FanDuel for the Reds right now. Um, yeah. So this is, I know, Ronnie. I know you didn't mean that. I'm just goofing with you. Um, but these are some of my favorite things on here, and I wanted to kind of break them down and kind of see which ones you're liking, which ones you're not liking, uh, okay. because they're fun. All right. So here are some Reds betting odds if you have FanDuel. World Series odds plus fifty five hundred, National League winners plus twenty five hundred. Not getting a lot of chances there. Um, National League Central winners plus four ten had the third best odds in the Central, behind St. Louis and Chicago. Um, That's a conversation that I'm not one hundred percent certain should is accurate. Um, La De La Cruz would be the stolen base leader plus seven fifty. I am for sure doing that bet. Um, Yeah, old beats. Christian Arcanasian Strand to be the home run leader. Plus eleven thousand odds. Ooh. Ooh. Ellie home run leader plus twenty thousand. Hunter Green strikeout leader plus twenty five hundred. Nicoladolo strikeout leader. Yeah, I will too. I'll do uh, that one all day. <laughs> Nicoladolo strikeout leader plus twenty thousand. Andrew Abbott same odds. Wow. I like this one. Matt McLean hits leader plus fifteen thousand. I do that one. Alexis Diaz saves leader plus twenty three hundred. Wow. And then uh, over under for wins is 81 and a half. Uh, if you say yes, it's a minus 114 odds. If you say no, it's minus 106. So going through this list we just went through, we've obviously kind of hinted at a couple. Some of our favorite ones here. I think Ellie's stolen base leader is wonderful value. That yep. is like you put 10 bucks down, you win 75 bucks. I don't see, I mean, like Ronald Acuna is obviously National Central, Corbin Carroll. Um, this is kind of the, you know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic of a conversation. Julio Rodriguez is obviously really fast. Um, but this is kind of, kind of interesting. Kind of. I like it. I like it. I do too. That's, that's, uh, I mean, that's one that where, I mean, I, that's worth your $10 if you're going to put it down on it. Cause there's, I mean, I think your odds are really good that Ellie could win that, win that title. I, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's a far stretch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the NL Central 410 is very good odds. Yeah, That's very good value, especially because the Cubs and Cardinals, they gave better odds. And we've talked about this all offseason, I know. But are we sure the Cardinals did enough to be better than the Reds? I'm not. I, I understand I they signed Sunday Gray. Yeah, but I don't think uh, that's enough. Yeah, and, you know, it's like the other guy, Kyle Gibson. I'm not it's like, oh, man, yeah. Kyle Gibson. Like, no. Like, so... Um, that's I like those a lot. I really like Hunter Green strikeout leader. I like that one, and I like Matt McLean hit leader. I'm not. Even I love that one. Love I that really one. Do. <laughs> I really do. I like Matt McLean for plus fifteen thousand. Are you kidding? Yeah. I, yeah. Put, sign, put down ten, make one hundred fifty bucks. Like yeah, Heck yeah, for sure. Um, Alexis Diaz saves leader is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that could be one that's really fun. Um, as far as over under, I think. Over 81 and a half is easy. It's an easy one. Yeah, yeah, it's easy money. FanDuel's asking you to take that one because you're not going to make money on the profit. But yep. Um, yep. yeah, I like some of these. Obviously, I'm always going to put down $10 for the Wonder World Series. It's just mm-hmm. what I do. Um, but absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Ellie, stolen base leaders. Yeah, I'm going for that one. A hundred green strikeout leader, definitely going for that one. And I will put money down on Matt McClain to be the leader in hits. Is yeah. all this gonna happen? Absolutely not. I will not parlay <laughs> these. <laughs> I absolutely will not parlay these. But hey, hey, you know. Hey, can't you win. Can't hey, you win can't, if you don't play. You don't play out the- <laughs> You can't win if you don't play. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh yeah, Pat, I agree. NL Central, I think, is the easiest bet because I think. Oh yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's stealing too. I think. I mean, <laughs> that really is. That's stealing yeah. too. Everything goes right. It's stealing. Um, yep. Let's see. Roddy says, "Bet Ellie to be the leader in doubles and triples." I did not think about that. Ooh. Yeah, I haven't oh. seen the. I didn't look at the odds. They, on I was going to say, are the odds out on that? But. The... I mean, I think Ellie was pretty close in triples last year, and he was all he would miss like he was in the big leagues for two months yeah so yep. man this is just so fun it is like this man. is just this is makes me so happy <laughs> that's good stuff i love it <laughs> i like yeah yeah i got some of those odds dude like you said like those some of those are 
like the Hunter Green one kind of shocks me because I'm like Hunter Green healthy, dude. That's easy. Like yeah. for me, I, I I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe I don't know enough about gambling, but I'm like I'm looking at it. I'm like that's that's pretty that one, and I was really surprised about the Matt McClain one because I I mean to me, I guess because I I mean the Reds are our team, but I'm like if anybody knows and has seen Matt McClain hit a baseball, like that's yeah. That's a good possibility he could be the hit leader. Like, that's not a stretch. He's like, for some reason, and we talked about this with Jeff when he was on a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. Um, you know, to expect that some of these guys are going to kind of like kind of come back a little bit down to earth is rational. Mm-hmm. Um, but people think Matt McClain's just going to like be Plummet. average at yeah, times. I and I think that's super silly because I, yeah. he was he was the best player like last year. Like of all these guys that came up, he was their best player. Yeah. Um, you can make the case he was probably the best player on the team as offensively. Yeah, I would agree with that for stre- for, you know, for for big stretch of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like second base is his for sure. So I saw it today they kind of talked about Ellie and we obviously knew what was going to be uh, your your six four three duo for mm-hmm. ever. And then um, <laughs> India, yep. India and CES are talking about getting some outfield running along with DH. Yeah. Um, are we just going to go full fledged like Golden State Warriors and just play positionless baseball here? Like, um, I, I mean, yeah, probably. I, listen, when you have great athletes, you can do that. Yeah, I mean, you, you got great athletes. Like, it's nothing for you to play Elliot short, Elliot third. I mean, if you make him your shortstop, it's great, but he can also play third. CES can play third. CES is a great athlete. He can also play in the outfield. Same with John Jonathan India. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy transition. I mean, it is still Major League Baseball, and you still got to learn how to track a ball and do all that stuff. But yeah, those guys are they're, – they're world-class athletes. Like, I, I mean – it's it's come to that come to the point where you've got to be able to have that flexibility if you want to stay on a roster, especially with, on a roster with a whole bunch of studs on it. Yeah, I agree. I do think also um, as we talk about this, and we we are you know obviously we believe this team's going to be really good, and mm-hmm. we believe this team has a lot of talent, and they do. I do think it's fair to have the conversation that maybe they do hit sophomore slumps. Uh, and maybe this is not, maybe this is a little bit of a tougher year. And I think that's fair to have that conversation. I just don't believe these guys in like, I don't believe these guys are going to let themselves do that. Yeah. Um, you saw Ellie de la Cruz was working out with Juan Soto this off season. He was like, all right, Hey, I was really bad. This, uh, mm-hmm. after the all-star break, what do you do? Potential best hitter in the world, Juan Soto. And so, like, <laughs> you know, like I have questions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was going to play for the Yankees with Aaron Judge. That's stupid. All right. right. That's stupid. So dumb. Yeah. So dumb. But no, I, I agree with you on that. I, I But here's the thing, Tim, is that I, I think we've done a – to Nick Cross credit, he's done enough to bring in enough veteran guys. And not all of those guys are going to sophomore slump at the same time. Yeah, like, that would be. You know what I mean? Like now, if they did, now, that's that an organizational problem. No, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big problem. It's, you know, it's just like last year when Ellie was down, Matt McClain was up. When Matt McClain dropped down, Spencer Steer stepped up. When Spencer Steer was down, so like like you're going to have that, and that's when you got Marte. Marte started killing the ball. Then Marte slumped, and then some like that's just baseball. Like that's just yeah. normal baseball. Everybody's lineup does that. When one guy's hitting really great. Another guy may be slumping, but they're not all going to hit sophomore slumps at the same time. Like, that's just inconceivable. So, I, I mean, I think we've got enough veteran guys and, and enough young guys that it's not going to happen to everybody in the lineup at the same time. Now, will they at some point? Yeah, probably. But, you know, slumps don't last forever, and you got enough guys to be able to – and enough at-bats to, to be able to bat around them and keep guys up. I agree. I completely agree, man. Um so a couple other things announced that we want to touch on. Um, obviously, going to the ballpark is a lot of fun. Um, but how about some uh, post-game, post-game concerts we got this year? Incredible. Uh, so we've got the Yacht Rock Night in August uh, with the Docksiders. We got Thomas Rhett for August 29th uh, after the Athletics game. And we have Nelly coming to town. Oh, yeah, that'll be a good one. Do you think he's going to wear his Band-Aid on his face? Does he still do this? Nah, he stopped with the Band-Aid. He, oh. it, Nelly's got a little country mixed in, too. So, like, you – so, I mean, he yeah, he, he stopped rocking the Band-Aid. Hmm. 
And that is uh that is all of them. There is no other important uh, wait what? What? Nah. Mm -mm. <laughs> huh? Wait. Yeah. Huh? Wait, who's coming to town? DJ Diesel. DJ Diesel? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that was, like taken down, but yes, Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal, people, is going to be doing a post-game DJ set at Great American on August 31st. Incredible. Look, he is right there in my office. Hold on. Oh, so excited about Does DJ anyone remember Diesel. this? The thing that shot the free throws? It was the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal had a toy where he shot free throws. People, shot the free irony, throws. the irony. Crazy. Uh, look, if you listen to any of the work I've done podcasting for the last ten years, you know exactly how much I love Shaq. Um, ben has been on record to say Shaq is his favorite player of all time. Hey, so, greatest big, greatest big man to ever play the game. You can count on the late night Reds crew to be there. Absolutely, we will be there. Absolutely. Yeah, Bob. Bob, this is a great question. Will Murphy Lee be there? Oh, you know what? That would that that would be incredible. I don't know how much Nelly hangs out with the St. Lunatics anymore. I don't either. I haven't. We haven't talked um, in a while. He's been so yeah, busy. I, last time I talked, listen, I'm gonna say last, last time I talked to him. You know, he was busy. You know, dating Ashanti and doing mm -hmm. all that stuff. And you know, but you know, I don't know. All right, Pat, wearing his Shaq B-ball shoes again. The same. <laughs> there it is. Same. Are we going Shaq Gnosis? Are we going Shaq Twos with the pump? Oh, I like Shaq Twos with the pump. Oh, bro. Yeah, yeah, those are legit. I gotta know which which jersey I gotta wear. I've got like all of them. <laughs> People who those who don't know, I named my dog after Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we got I got some love for Shaq Daddy. So, yeah. um, my cousin works for the team, and I texted him. I said, "Dude, I never ask you for anything, but find a way to have me meet Shaq." He goes, "I don't have that authority." <laughs> I went, okay, <laughs> I understand. Uh, oh, man. This is, uh, uh, yeah. I'm super stoked. Super stoked. I pitched, uh, yeah. I pitched to Nate and Chad already for this to be Riverfront Meetup Weekend. Um, yes, gotta I be. I don't know if it's going to go that way. I know we are going to uh, put one together. Dude, they're like, okay, they're these, these some guns. Wait a minute. What, Bob? Bob, Bob. We just talked about this yes, on the it, NBA yes, show. Yes, it was. Yes, it one was. Of my, one of my favorite movies ever, Blue Chips. I don't let anyone tell me it's a bad movie. They're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> we just watched Iron Claw the other night, by the way. Incredibly was good. Was it, was it good? Incredibly sad. I was going to say. I, I've I've tried to avoid it because, I, I I mean, I'm I'm not big on crying in theaters. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you know that what happened, when you know the ending and all that, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, but I've heard it's I heard it's a great movie though. It's pretty great. All right, so I put something up on our Twitter account uh today, Ben, on yeah. uh, at Late Reds. You can follow us if you're not already. And I did the classic Cody Rhodes where I said, So Reds fans, what do you want to talk about? And <laughs> there you go. I got a couple of things that we need to get to. Um, and okay. let's first start with uh our good friend Sydney Price, who's not here tonight, and she said I want to talk about Hunter Green having a curveball. We talked about it earlier in the show. Hell yeah. Yes. That's all we're going to Yeah. That's, if he figures yes. it out, he can use it and get comfortable with it. Only go up from here. Yep. Absolutely. It makes him a Cy Young contender. Agreed. All right. Hooper Palace. I want to talk about who the hell is the center fielder if TJ Friedel gets hurt? That's a fantastic question. Jonathan India. God. Yeah. Nick Senzel's not here anymore, guys. Yeah. So I I mean I, Does Jay I, Allen come up? I don't know. Do you move Will Benson? That's probably your best bet. Yeah. I mean, I would just move Will Benson over and then play somebody else over and right. Yeah. Um I mean. Yeah. I yeah, it's a great question. That is a great question. Hard to figure out. Yeah. But I would, uh, yeah, that would be my move. I would move Will Benson. And then LED Luke says, I think they need another outfielder. A right handed one at that. Adam Duvall? Yes. 
Wow. I I would love to bring Adam Duvall back. Yeah. Yeah, Duvall he, County, baby. Uh, and Luke also used the Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about, GIF? So I gave him Did he? a little extra love <laughs> for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we're all I think we all thought that was kind of one of the bigger pieces would be a right-handed outfielder. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have talked about that quite a bit. So yeah, I think Adam Duval would be awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't think Josh Harrison has outfield experience necessarily. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I'm looking at his position page right now on baseball reference. Advanced batting, postseason batting. Oh, he's pitched. Uh, He's got a career five innings under his belt. Does he really? Oh, yeah. You didn't know this? Oh, he does have the outfield experience. Okay. I stand corrected. Okay. So I don't think he should be the guy you bet on. But <laughs> he does have it there. Um, yeah, Fairchild could probably play center field. I think he's probably the top option there of those three. Um, but yeah, I think that that's gonna be interesting. But that was uh, that was the first installment of what do you want to talk about? I like it. Yeah, maybe I'll do it every week. I don't ever get on oh, Twitter uh, anymore though. No, you can get on for that though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to download it again yeah, on my phone. Gonna, yeah, Season starting, got to be able to interact with everybody, which I love to yep. do. Yep. Some you, your Twitter, crazy. your Twitter hiatus, or no, I'm sorry, your ex hiatus has got to end now that the season is starting. I know. Um, it was yeah. great without it. Like my, my my mental health like immediately skyrocketed. Um, highly suggest to people take six months where you just take Twitter off your phone. Not saying delete your account. Mm-hmm. Just take it off your phone. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's like the best. Um, yeah, Joey Kadita. He says, I want to talk about how awesome would it be if Jose Barrera just figured it all out. It's that's the game. Oh, changer. that would be, yeah, that would be it's incredible. Over. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a guy who just figured it all out like that late in their year, late in their career. Um, I don't think the Reds necessarily had anyone. Mm. God, what the heck was his name a couple years ago for the Royals? The outfielder, he got bust for juicing. Um, God, what the heck is his name? I don't know. You got me. Oh. Josh Beckley says uh, Jacob Hurtabies play center if TJ Friedel goes down. Mm. I I do like me some Jacob Hurtabies. I uh I've, I've talked about him on the show, on the show many of times. Mm. Um, so it's gonna be a interesting one. So, all right, man. Well, hey, we kicked off season four of Late Night Reds today. We are yes, back at it. We've got spring training baseball on Saturday. Isn't that so. crazy? Yeah, we'll have a game to talk about. We're in it, we, kids. We're in it. I think we can listen to the radio. I don't think we can watch it on TV. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's a radio broadcast. So, but um, I'll take it. I will take it for sure. I get to listen to Tommy Thrall. Now all I need to be able to do is just, that's like my like when I got to cut the day of the week. I got to cut the grass in the summer. I listen mm-hmm. to the game that day. Like I make sure I cut the grass on an afternoon game. <laughs> because I can just put my, my my headphones on and listen to Tommy and Cowboy call the game. And the Cowboy call the game, yep. Yeah, that's my thing. But before we just kind of talk way too much here and go, because we are under our normal hour, I just want to go ahead and once again wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds here on the Refront. If you are not a member of the Patreon, just take 10 seconds. Late Night Reds. I mean, uh, patreon.com slash refrontcency. Uh, we will... Come hang out with us. Come talk with us. Come shoot the crap with us. We we love Absolutely. it. Joey, Joey's in there. He knows all about it. He can tell you how much fun it is. Um, we can check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Twitter at Late Reds. You see our handles here as well. I guess it's going back on my phone this week. Yes, got it to, is. Got to explain that one to my <laughs> wife. Um, tell her. But, tell her you you got to be a man of the people, Tim. Mm-hmm. You the people need to talk to you. That's true. That's true. And um, on behalf of Ben and Tim Daniel, who is not funny nor interesting, we're going to go wrap up this week's edition. (laughs) I'll see you all next week. (laughs)